0: Welcome to the Rabbi Greenberg Show, the podcast that brings Jewish knowledge to you. Welcome to our weekly Torah Insight and Story. The central theme of this week's Torah portion is the splitting of the sea and the miraculous crossing of the children of Israel of that sea and the eventual drowning of the Egyptians who were pursuing them. And our sages in the Midrash tell us that when they approached the sea and they realized that they were being pursued by the Egyptians, they were between a rock and a hard place. Four different camps arose as to what they should do in this very dire situation. One group said, Let's plunge into the sea. Let's drown ourselves. We're not going to be able to fight the Egyptians. We're not going to survive. So let us take our own lives. Sounds like what Jews did in Masada when they were being pursued by the Romans. They would rather take their own lives than be at the mercy of the Romans. Similarly here, they said, let's drown ourselves. That was one group. A second group said, let's return to Egypt. Yes, we'll go back to being slaves, but at least we'll survive. It's better than dying. Jews for all of their history celebrated life and the expression, give me liberty or give me death, was not a Jewish concept. Judaism does not believe that a lack of freedom is worse than lack of life because whenever there's life even under the worst of circumstances you could still serve God so this group felt that we're not going to take our own lives that that would be wrong maybe it would show that our dignity that we're willing to die on our own rather than being captured by the Egyptians but that's not the right approach because we have to live the Torah tells us, for bohem, you shall live with Judaism and not die, except in certain cases, there were three sins, cardinal sins for which a Jew must give his life rather than submit to the one who was trying to force him to abandon his religion and so on and so forth. That was the second group. Let's go back to Egypt, we'll be slaves there. The third group said, let's wage war against them. That sometimes, even though the Jewish people are conditioned to want peace and to want to live in peace with everyone So there are times when you have no other choice it's a matter of survival you have to fight and god will certainly help us so they felt that that would be the right approach to fight the egyptians a fourth group realized that all the other groups were futile we certainly cannot take our own lives that would frustrate and all of what God's purpose was in getting us out of Egypt. We should kill ourselves. The one that says to go back to Egypt didn't make any sense, they felt, because God took us out of Egypt. He certainly doesn't want us to go back to be slaves. God told us to leave Egypt. And the third group that said fight the Egyptians, that made a lot more sense because right after this, the Torah says the Jews left Egypt with arms. They They were armed for eventual battle though it was not intended for battle with Egyptians, it was intended for the battle with the Amalekites and other nations later on in the 40 years that they stayed in the desert. But they felt, this fourth group felt that was not right either because we, we were no match for the Egyptians. So what's the other alternative? The fourth alternative was, let's cry out to God, let's pray. This is, as Rashi says, this is the profession of of our ancestors we find abraham prayed isaac prayed jacob prayed and as the rebbe explains sometimes you pray even when you have no desire for anything that you need just the idea of communicating and having a relationship with god and the jews felt this is what you do in a time of crisis you pray and yet moses was told by god that all four were wrong this is a case of multiple choice where the fifth choice is none of the above why none of the above? Because, as the Torah itself says, God tells Moses, speak to the children of Israel and tell them to travel. In other words, they were told that all four of these approaches may have merit in other times, but not now. This is not the right thing. And That's why when God says to, tell Moses, Moses, says to Moses to tell the people, stand firm and see God's salvation that he will perform for you today. That was addressed to those who wanted to throw themselves into the sea. No need for that. You're going to be saved. The next statement, you may be seeing the Egyptians today, but you will never see them again. That was addressed to those who wish to return to Egypt. You're not going to see them again. You're not going back there. God will fight for you. That was addressed to those who wanted to fight, who wanted to wedge battle. Then when it says you must remain silent, that was addressed to those who wanted to pray. This was not the right time. This is the time to continue going. Why continue going? Because the whole purpose of the exodus was not just to be free, physically free, to throw over, get rid of the yoke of slavery, of bondage. That was not the goal. The goal was not freedom. The goal was a kind of freedom the spiritual freedom, the ultimate goal of freedom, and that is to receive the Torah that would give them a purpose in life and fulfill the purpose for which God created the whole world. So here, you're on the way to Sinai to get the Torah, and there's an obstacle. Since when the obstacles pose a problem, you just keep on going. If there's a sea, so what? The sea will eventually split, and indeed, that's exactly what happened. Our sages tell us that Nachshon, Ben of Nachshon was the leader of the tribe of Yehuda of Judah, and he just went into the sea, and it didn't split until the water reached his nostrils. And at that point, God says to Moses to strike the sea, and the sea would split, and everyone would cross on dry land. The lesson is a very powerful lesson that when we ever we're in a quandary, what is our course of action? Whenever we have obstacles, we have to ask ourselves what is. My purpose? Why did God put me here? What is the mission? If the mission is to go forward, then I know I have to go forward regardless of what the obstacles are. If the mission is to go backwards, I have to go backwards, whatever the mission is. But obviously, the mission is always to go forwards towards Mount Sinai. Today, we're living in a period where the mission for us is to go towards the Messianic age, towards the coming of Mashiach and the ultimate redemption. And everything we do has to be, has to be. Permeated with that spirit, with that goal, or that objective in mind. And yes, prayer is very important. If you could walk and chew gum at the same time, then you could go towards Mashiach and pray. It's all part of Mashiach. If it means to wage war, as we're waging now against the modern day Amalek who want to destroy the Jewish people, we have to fight that war. But all of what we do has to be permeated with the idea that we're going towards Mashiach, we're going towards the ultimate redemption. The story I wanted to share is a story about an Israeli who moved to America who had a store in Manhattan, the east side of Manhattan, and he gets a phone call from the hospital and he quickly shuts the store and uh, he rushes to Mount Sinai Hospital in Manhattan. He is told that his father is now in intensive care, that he should come quickly, so this young man, whose name was Laser, uh, comes to the hospital and he finds his father in a room and he couldn't recognize his father. His father was attached to all sorts of pipes and uh, machines and he, he felt that it was a mistake. That it didn't look like his father. But then he realized, Laser Klein, that this was his father and he's going through his thoughts He will never forget, he says, the time that he decided to leave Israel. He was 17 years old, he was a very good student, and uh, he had different issues there, and he decided to run away from Israel, and uh, he disappeared, and for years he didn't see his family members, he never told them where he lived, maybe they'll call the police, and this went on for several years. But then he got married and he moved to New York, where he felt a little bit more secure. And then he finally sent some hints to his parents about where he lives. His parents, who didn't know where he was, were very excited to hear that his the, the lost son was alive, and, and they, without any delay, they went to New York to meet him. And they were very excited when they met him. They never they believed they would never see him again. And they were so happy that he was married he had a family and he makes a good living and uh they couldn't uh, leave their their son and they decided to stay in america and laser told him you are my responsibility i will do everything for you uh financially and and whatever whatever else it needs to take care of your needs and these are the words that he told him you are my responsibility that reverberated in his mind as he's trying to digest what he was seeing now that his father was so was so ill. The doctor told him that there's not much hope. He says, "Look, your father got a stroke. He's on He's in a coma now, and not and this situation is not stable." And he says, "We don't know what kind of damage he suffered. We have to wait 24 hours. Then we'll know a little bit more. We'll have a little bit more clarity." Laser couldn't digest this. He understood that the situation is very serious, and He decided that uh, he has to do whatever he can do to help his father. And when he looks at his father attached to all these different machines for breathing, for everything else, he was tearing up. And he said to himself, I'm going to do whatever I can do to help you. Whatever cost was involved, I'm not going to withhold anything. And uh, he went home and he's trying to organize his thoughts. He calls up his brother to tell him about the situation. The next phone call was to a Chabad chassid, who he knew because he used to attend certain classes. His name was Bensi. And Bensi would always tell him about the Rebbe, about the miracles that happened with the Rebbe, and uh, people who uh, recovered from serious illnesses through the Rebbe's blessing. So Bensi... When he hears the story of Lazar, he tells him, look, every Sunday the Rebbe gives out dollars to everyone who comes and he gives blessings. I'm going to wait for you there and you come there. This is the first time Lazar ever went to the Rebbe and, and it, whenever he was asked before, he always would say, I'm not a religious person and uh, it, doesn't, it wouldn't be right for me to go to a, to a rabbi for uh, a blessing. But this is one time that he decided he has to do whatever he can do for his father's recovery even if it doesn't fit into his principles. And in spite of the rain that was coming down, on that Sunday, Lazer came to 770, the the center of Chabad, and he couldn't believe what he saw. He saw hundreds of people in the rain lining up to go to get the dollar from the Rebbe. And uh, he thought that it must be a special occasion, but when Benzi told him, no, this is every Sunday, every Sunday, thousands of people would come And uh, he's getting very emotional, very excited as he's approaching closer to the Rebbe. And then they came into the room where the Rebbe was reading everyone and giving them a dollar. And uh, he became like transfixed. He was paralyzed. And if Bensi didn't push me, he said, I wouldn't have asked anything from the Rebbe. Rebbe, he said with great emotion, he said it in Yiddish. He remembered Yiddish from his home. My father is very sick. He has a stroke, Rebbe. He has, please bless him with a complete recovery. The Rebbe gave him a dollar, blessed him with success, and he gave him another dollar. He says, "Give this dollar to your father, that he should put it in a tzedakah pushka, in a charity box." And he came out of the Rebbe. He was like very confused, and he said to Bensy, "The Rebbe didn't understand what I told him. I told him my father had a stroke, and he's." paralyzed and he doesn't he's not he's not conscious how could my father give the dollar to Sadaka? he was like very d- disappointed and bensi smiled he says that's exactly the point if the rebbe tells you that your father should put it into the pushka it's clear that your father will be able to do it well laser was not convinced he remembered what the doctor told him the night before Don't wait. don't expect any miracles the situation is very very serious and there's virtually no hope that anything will change i know the situation the doctor says i'm very familiar with it and he says in this age the body does not recover from such a such a uh, attack and he put the dollar in his pocket and he's upset he he's now sorry that he agreed to go to follow his emotions and he did listen to what Bensi was telling him that he should go to the hospital and give the dollar to his father. He says, forget up, don't be foolish, he said, and he went home. Well, his wife, who was, when, when she heard about when she sees him coming back with really depressed. So when she hears that he says, that the Rebbe told him to give the dollar to the father and that he should put it in the pushka. So uh, he, she said, you have to go. So, laser listens. Good husband listens to his wife, and he comes into the room, and there's no one there. And he starts to cry. The bed was empty. And he understood what that meant. And he the the, the doctor that was going by, coming into that room, he said, "When did it happen?" And uh, he, he 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 couldn't even finish the sentence. And the doctor smiled. He says, "Why are you so?" Confused. Your father woke up just a little while ago and he's now in another room. Eliza took the dollar, the crushed dollar from his pocket. He straightened it out, kissed it with love, soaked it with his tears. There's no one like the Rebbe, he said to himself when he looked at his father, who was sleeping a very pleasant sleep without any machines attached to him and with very peaceful breaths. Not too long after that, he gave the dollar to his father, who put it in the Pushka. May we see miracles like these repeat themselves with the Jews, especially in Israel and Gaza. May we see an end to the fighting with the total victory over the evil forces of Amalek, the modern-day Amalek.